0: Both hours of the show are available each week on this podcast and are streamed to our affiliates across the state of Michigan. We're also proud to be part of Detroit's newest and fastest growing podcast network, PodcastDetroit.com. And now, here are your hosts with this week's Internet Advisor. We're so glad you decided to join us on this afternoon here at the Great Voice of the Great Lakes. WJR, my name is Foster Brown, and our entire crew is in studio today. We're going to be looking at e-waste and the terrible things that are being done with that overseas. We'll also begin talking about the great things that are being done with websites by a company called SmartFinds and one very satisfied customer who's quite close to home, Mike Brennan. All that coming up on this week's Internet Advisor. Internet Advisor. It is good to be back. My name is Foster Brown. After a short week pause, it is good to be in studio with the gang here. And this is Gary
2: Baker, and I am so glad you're here because I had to step around and sit in in the big chair, as they say, uh, last week, and I'm so much uh, happier when you're sitting there. It's a lot more fun. <laughs> and this what? is
3: Ed Rudell. I had to drag my wave uh, self away from youtube today i was telling foster oh. on the drive-in i just was engrossed and pretty soon two
0: hours passed this poor man is addicted to youtube
4: <laughs> and this is cal carson here and you know i'm addicted to youtube too but i did not have to drag myself away from it <laughs> however uh I, I do later on in the show want to talk about uh, chicken a good buy of the week in technology that i ooh, came across because it was an adventure for last I don't know, two or three weeks, and finally it settled out last uh, last week, and it worked out to be a really well, good well. You know, box. we got all sorts of serious things to talk about. Let's start with uh, a goodbye. Well, basically, what happened was uh, it was time for the family to upgrade their iPhones. My wife and my daughter were both using iPhone four Ss, which they had been using for eternity. My daughter, obviously, because she's younger, filled it, and there was no more space in it. And uh, <laughs> my wife's the the switch finally started dying on it. So now these phones are like three or four generations back and i've been looking around trying to figure out you know where to get one from so i i, I started looking on best buy and Best Buy has a neat deal out there. If you are going to get a phone, you might want to go to their site. They they had iPhones for $1. Yikes. If you were doing a two-year service agreement. Okay. And that was for the iPhone 6. Mm-hmm. And so I said, okay, that's fine. That sounds good and that sort of thing. But I don't really want to, you know, do the old 6s. I want to do something newer. So I decided I wanted to go with the 6S, which oh, was yeah. normally $199 mm-hmm. in the store. Got it for 49 bucks a piece <laughs> on a two-year service agreement. Wow. And had I done it two, two weeks before that, I would have got that with a $50 gift card for each one of them, so it would have only cost me a buck. Oh, my goodness. But uh, got the phones and got them all set up and stuff like that. It was a great deal, and they all have current uh, phones right now for uh, a price that was a lot less you know, than I, I expected to do.
0: You know, what's interesting? You mentioned Best Buy because I've gotten the same kinds of deals on some good, very, very good phones for very little money. iPhones. Yes. And they have, because they've got great deals on uh, on the service plans that they have there.
4: And, and they do deals on all 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 three of the major carriers: Sprint, Verizon, and uh, AT and T. Right. Uh-huh. So if you you know if you're looking, you might want to check that first. Before you do it, depending on you know, what sort of agreement Actually, you're going to be the, doing. The other thing is
3: if you're a Costco or Sam's Club, they have a similar type of kiosk inside those stores as well. Mm. And they let their membership – you know, you get to use your group membership that you pay for. Mm-hmm. And you, you might get similar deals.
4: And the other good thing was while I was in the store, I went to their website on the phone, saw um, cases – that I wanted to get for the phones Mm -hmm. that on the shelf in the store, they were 45 Mm bucks on the website. They were on sale for 29 Mm bucks and they just automatically gave you the website price. Price. We're going to have to bring Rick Breuter back in here and school him.
2: Well, I'll tell you yeah. what, it, 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 <laughs> I've gone to Best Buy for the same reason, because yeah. they do match the yeah. price, and, yeah. and that's probably a good thing for
0: them. Yeah. Well, I'm teasing you, but um, Rick is the cheapskate, folks. By the way, for those who don't recognize the name, Rick Broider is genuinely the cheapskate. As a matter of fact, if you go to Twitter, it's at Cheapskate. <laughs>
3: I have a bone to pick with Rick. He started oh. a new podcast called Battlestar Recaptica, yes. and, and I went back <laughs> and it's about right. Battlestar Galactica, the 2003-2004 movie and the series that started and uh, and now I'm back engrossed in it and, you and are. I'm enjoying it more than I did. Than,
0: uh, than i did in 2003 i have never or understood the attractiveness of that please explain to me the well, attractiveness well, just do you like sci-fi? it's the
3: actress
0: that's you like always in the red dress yeah, like <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <That's
3: right.
5: laughs>
3: the cylon act no it's i don't know i mean i i enjoy i enjoyed science fiction i enjoyed oh, I the original Battlestar galactica as corny as it was because i was a child at the time and this was a nice sci-fi you know feature and I, I and i've been teasing rick on on facebook and and social media about how he's dragged me into this and i'm just not going to forgive him for that
0: <laughs> did you know comic-con is going on right now in detroit and apparently the place out uh, in novi is just buried the lines are forever around that place what is the attraction? You like sci-fi. I do too, Gary. I, I, like, I like sci-fi. Mm-hmm. My wife
4: doesn't, but I, mm-hmm. okay. But I mean, dressing up like Cylons, for instance? Oh, my daughter is out there right now. And oh, really? She's part of the, quote, furry movement. <gasps> and she has her own costume and everything That's like that. Right. And she's out there hanging out there right now. Yeah. Yep. Is there no shame anymore? Well, you know, I and I have know. some friends that do <laughs> LARP, so live action
3: role play, and then doing Comic-Con was a natural transition for them. Right? Oh, I will. Where you dress up and pretend that you're? I I don't get it.
0: I've lost touch with my inner child. (laughs) You you know what? You you know, I figured. I I think I figured it out. There's an Amber Alert out for your inner child.
4: Yeah, I think last weekend I figured it out. These are these are mostly people. People at these Comic Cons are folks who grew up with the Teletubbies, and they just wanted to continue this thing going forever and ever, which is basically people dressed up in costumes making noise. (laughs)
0: I never understood it's, it. I'm it's trying to think
4: of the Skittles, the Skittles
3: commercial, the rainbow. How does that go again? Taste the rainbow. Taste the rainbow. That's yes, right. So instead of the Kool Aid, taste the rainbow. What a Comic Con. <laughs> you know, it, it, if it,
4: it's, it's, I will say this: it, it's a good, clean, family-oriented, in most cases, not <laughs> <At> all, <laughs> uh, activity that you know you can enjoy and do, and you know, it's a, be, and silly, it's a chance for to be and silly, silly with your them friends. Yeah. you know,
3: I could never be that silly with my
4: children. Well, I mean, step- <laughs> 20 years ago, they were shooting each other with paintballs. Now they're dressing up, you know, and shooting each other with paintballs. <laughs> you know, <what's> the <laughs> Guys, we have
0: a great program lined up today. Folks, we're going to be talking about a very serious issue, and that is where your electronics goes when it's past time, when it's due, when you send it away to that great e-waste dump in the sky. What actually is happening to that? We'll be talking about that. And we have Manny Ostley in our studio. He is the uh, proprietor of Smart Finds. They did some incredible things is with Mike Brennan's website, and we're going to talk about what that is and how they did it. You know, guys, as the uh, week goes on, i am got my ear glued to different things happening in the high-tech world, if you will, and something I heard just, I think, the other day was a program about e-waste, what happens to our computers and our monitors and other pieces of electronica when we're when done with it. You know, do they kind of go to that great you know, graveyard in the sky? You know, most of us, I think, probably figure out of sight is out of mind. And we may put it on the curb and, if you will, recycle responsibly with our uh, local municipality. One of the things that I heard recently, though, was, um, and it was really disturbing, was a, a report by an organization called BAN, the Basel Action Network. It's out of Seattle, Washington. And it's a nonprofit organization. Their purpose is to keep track of electronic waste to see where it's going and what's happening to it. And what was so disturbing, it was to hear the story that they had to tell. And by the way, if you go to internetadvisor.net, I made a point of putting a lot of resources up there this weekend on that um, to follow up on a story that they developed, which was that they followed the trail of electronic garbage, if you will, e-waste, into poorer countries or developing countries. And the real issue has been that that Developed countries like the U.S. and other countries, could be, in, could be in Europe or could be someplace else, kind of dump this on those countries. And to be honest with you, those countries are more than happy to get the garbage and right. to recycle it, etc. But it's not often ethically recycled. So the effort has been made to try to end this toxic trade and also to try to help us to get a, a less toxic future for ourselves in the, in, in the planet. As a result of that, they did this study. And what they found out was that in particular, that Dell and Goodwill Industries were guilty of a lot of, if you will, mismanagement of the e-waste that they said they were taking care of on an ethical basis. And it was a uh, It's a deeply concerning thing. If you go to internetadvisor.net, folks, I put a lot of resources up there. One of them is uh, from Wired Magazine. They put these tracking devices into like a monitor and into a PC and some other things so that they would follow them around. And what they discovered was mind-blowing. And there is a video we have online there. It's about a seven-minute video called The Circuit, which talks about that. So I'll let you go there and find that out. Now, what I wanted to do with all of this is there's somebody, Gary, that you and I met many years ago. And that is a gentleman named Steve Beck. And Steve has been, I think, one of our favorite people because in terms of dealing with e-waste, he is one of the most ethical people I know because not only does he take that electronic waste, but he... He takes it and he turns it into something that's valuable for other people.
2: Sure. Um, You know, a lot of times what happens is we track a monitor or whatever to a foreign country. It's not necessarily going into the waste stream. It's actually being used. And that's what Steve does.
0: Right, he takes that material and he puts it together to help other people. He's been doing this since 2005, and so rather than focus entirely on the negative, you can look at our website to find out more about that. Steve, I wanted to have you on, Steve, back to talk Hello. about Global Tech Ministries and all you've been doing since 2005. How you doing, Steve? I've been doing real good. Hi, gang. 2005. Hey, That's a long time Yep. to have this passion going. Tell us what you do, and tell the folks out there what you do with the used equipment you get.
1: Well, I take the equipment, I refurbish it, and I'm one of the few people that are a registered refurbisher with Microsoft, uh, and they have a program called the Refer- uh, Registered Refurbisher Program, and uh, we take computers, we refurbish them, but by refurbishing, I mean I take a computer, uh, clean it up, uh, put all new software in, mainly the operating system and an mm-hmm. office suite. And what happens is, is we take that, put some other special software in, uh, just like the other group uh, where they're trying to track uh, e-waste and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're we're highly involved in that, where we do not want to see that happen. Good. But the problem is, how many of you guys, especially uh, Ed and uh, Gary uh, and Cal, how many of you guys have find out that, When you get some system, you're already six months to a year behind. And then uh, what happens is most people, they get it and they say, I want the most fastest, best, and everything else. And with the economy the way it is, who is getting left out
0: in that Um, economy?
1: Can you tell Foster (laughs) or the rest of the gang?
0: What do you think, guys? Who gets left out of that kind of location? well?
4: Anybody who's not part of the the you know the economy in such a way that they have that disposable type of income where they can turn around their hardware that fast, they they get left behind. Yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah, a lot of the needy people do not have the funds to be able to do that, and a lot of times all they're looking for, and especially for kids and stuff, they're look and teachers are trying to get the kids to do more and more by using computers to uh, do their homework mm-hmm. and do uh, their Letters, everything else, and do their class projects and that through computers. Well, nobody, ha- a lot of these people don't have access to it, and a lot of times the access happens where the uh, where they say, "Okay, go to the library, go to this or there." Mm. Well, libraries aren't open all the time, are they?
0: Right. And then and you uh, also—I should say this, Steve—you also are are donating equip. You're donating equipment, folks. That's the important thing here to countries where they don't have it where yep. a Windows XP would be a an incredible boost.
1: Yes, uh, the thing is, what we call junk, like you said earlier, mm. is considered prime equipment.
0: Right, precious <laughs> and, equipment. Yeah. And
1: it's it's the biggest problem we've had at pr- different times is, uh, as some people say, shipping. Yep. Well, since two thousand five, we've been gr- been so over. Uh, what do you call it? benefit by god and by different <laughs> other ministries and mm-hmm. different other companies and stuff where we have not spent let's say about a one or two dollars mm-hmm. on shipping wow. to different countries
0: that's we, fantastic we
1: piggyback on different uh containers and stuff uh the federal government a lot of the places that they have where they say are touchy areas mm-hmm. uh where there's problems and stuff we keep track of where these problems are and stuff, so that we aren't shipping into somewhere right. where somebody's got that is going to right. wrong. Right, we'll take
0: that technology and and turn it to evil purposes. I guess Cal, right. I- you gonna say
4: And and I just want to add that you know the good thing about this, folks that are listening right now, is that rather than chuck something out that is still working, or even if it's not working but it still has potential. Remember the difference between. Uh, not having a computer at all and having mm. a computer that's five years old, which for us might be you know ancient, but for someone else that's brand new. That's them ge- being able to be part of the internet, part of technology, yep. part of the world that's growing on, uh, going on around them, and being able to grow and advance as well. And Steve is the sort of guy that will yep. take your equipment cheerfully. You can bring them as much as you like, because God knows I would like to bring them more. Matter of fact, I am going to bring you some more. And uh, he'll take it off your hands, so you don't have to worry about it being uh, not disposed of properly. And he'll put it to use where people can really, really benefit from it. And. You can even walk away with a receipt in your hand if you want to. For yeah, as a matter of
0: fact, you're a non you're a nonprofit organization, yeah, so are. so any kind of donations to you can also be taken off, written off as taxes. Now, what I wanted, that the most important, I think, right thing I want to talk about right now is that you give these hot, these uh, computer uh, equipment uh, refurbished with uh, new newly licensed Microsoft operating systems, because you're a registered Microsoft refurbisher, and they can go to libraries and to ministries, both inside this country and outside of it. But Steve, right now, and this is the big thing, uh, on the heels of this story about how e-waste is being mismanaged, we have you, we have loved to talk about all these years. You're being challenged right now about whether you can keep on doing this.
1: Yes. Uh, Our biggest problem is right now, we're getting a lot of equipment, which is really great, And it's going to a lot of places, but uh, the licenses uh, does cost some money. Okay, Steve
0: and I, because we're running out of time, where can people go to get hold of you? I've got, on our our homepage, I've got Global Tech Ministries. as a link that they can get to. Is that good enough? Yep, it is.
1: Or they can do globaltechministries.org.
0: Steve Beck, God bless you and all the work you've done. Just. Quickly, before we move on, I wanted to tell you that uh, there are some links on our homepage at internetadvisor.net for that last conversation we had with Steve Beck about global tech ministries, and we got the bad news above there about the abuse of e-waste, and then a great story about how he's been since 2005 helping to get our some of the used equipment that we consider old back into the hands or into the hands of people who really need it by refurbishing them. You'll find links to that on our homepage again. Or you can go to globaltechministries.org dot org and uh, find out more information you, there.
4: You know, as a follow up to that too, Foster, one of the things they may want to consider doing is that, especially businesses, if they have a large amount of computers, they want to donate to Steve, which would be a great thing to mm-hmm. do. When they do that donation, maybe include a check for you know a hundred dollars, yes. maybe two hundred bucks to help offset price for those licenses. Yeah, and then that way, for the co- less than the cost, it would cost cost them to have someone come in and haul their e-waste away mm-hmm. steve's taking it for free and they're just giving them a little i didn't mention this but they're and and the, it's tax deductible too yeah so. and, and yes. the remar- remarkable thing
0: about it, he's not charging a labor fee on this not <laughs> he's, doing, he's doing this out of the uh, the kindness of his heart well uh, here's good news side and uh, with us by the way on our phone lines is Mike Brennan, who is the editor of MI Tech News. Mike, good having you with us. Well,
6: thanks, Foster. Always a pleasure.
0: We usually have you here to talk about your headlines, but this time we're here to have you talk about your website. And in studio with us is Meili Ostoli, who is the proprietor of Smart Finds Agency, the man who took your website, and he did some remarkable things with it. Maley, thank you so much for being with us. Hey, guys. Nice to be with you. This is definitely a good news story, right, Mike?
6: Yeah, my uh, website was in need of, uh, shall we say, lots of tune-ups. So uh, Maley took care of that for me, him and his
0: great staff. Maley, what were the big problems that Mike had with his site? That you know What wasn't quite working there that you guys helped tune. Um, Mike came to us about a year ago, and it was a very interesting
7: uh, scenario. I've known Mike for a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, So when he he approached me and said, hey, I think I have a problem here, um, we started to look into what the problem is. And if I had to boil it down to one thing, it's the difference between having a marketing agency managing uh, his web presence Mm -hmm. versus a tech company performing a task or a service. Oh. So the tech company... understood what they're doing mm-hmm. right, in terms of mm-hmm. the service or the tasks that they're providing. What they don't necessarily understand is the marketing communication side of things.
0: So it's almost like the uh, the old uh, field of dreams where you can build it. If you build it, they will come. is not true, and certainly in terms We're of way websites. We're long
7: gone from that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well beyond that. So you could have a, in other words, what I'm hearing you saying is you can have a, uh, a well-designed website, but that just isn't doing the business of getting business to you. That's certainly the starting point of the problem, absolutely.
7: And I think that uh, in Mike's case, that is exactly what started it, is that the website wasn't
0: able to communicate outbound. How, how did you know that was happening, Mike? How did you know you had that problem?
6: Well, no, it started with we weren't really Google compliant. I just had a new website built, and then Google came out with the rules. We weren't mobile-friendly, a lot of stuff. I went to the guy that I worked with, and I worked with him forever, so I have no disparaging words there. It's just like what Maley said is a little different of approach. And and I needed to move it to the next level. So uh, uh, Maley and I have known each other a long time. I get his newsletter. I thought, what the heck, let's get together and see if we can fix this thing.
0: Mm -hmm. What what was it? What were the major changes you made, Maley? Well, the
7: first major change we made is changing the platform that the website is working in. Okay, mm-hmm. the platform that it was in was a proprietary platform. Uh, the, the web pages or the website pages weren't uh, search engine friendly, the web, the web addresses. Um, a variety of, it, it wasn't even mobile friendly. We had a, I'm just Mobile friendly, terms. excuse me, that, that term has come up a lot. What, what exactly does mobile friendly mean? Well, mobile friendly means that um, in the simplest terms uh, for most businesses, would be that does your website scale to the size of the device visiting your website? Uh-huh. So does it scale down to a, a, an iPhone? Does it scale up to a tablet? And does right. it scale up to a uh, to a laptop? Um, it's got to be able to be flexible. To move Skinny mean does it look good? Do
0: you get the key components there? Right without uh, without, without having to zoom in or zoom out. <laughs> <laughs> Did a lot of that. Used exactly. to do a lot of. fact, <laughs> still do that
4: a lot of that. It's fascinating. <laughs> yeah, still have a lot of. Pr- and I have the big phone. I have the six plus. So Maylee, would you say that this is a common problem? Amongst most people with websites, that they're, they're the same ones that Mike is experiencing.
7: Absolutely, there's no question. If I, if I, th- you know, if you think about the, the business world having eighty percent of the business being small to medium sized businesses, I will tell you that that space is cons- very consistent. Um, we had a a, um, a company out of San Francisco referred to us last week. I was on the phone with them, and in their case, uh, compared to what you were saying earlier, Foster, um, they had a pretty website. Mm. It was great mm. when people get there. It looks great. Yeah. All right, and it was communicating properly. Uh huh. But once visitors get there, there were no call
0: to action. Uh-huh. It
7: just looks like a brochure, as though it was as though it was made
0: you. for print. <laughs> right now, those are two. Those are two aspects, Mike. I know you saw, as I understand, an immediate, not an immediate, but I mean, very quickly, you saw a huge difference in terms of one visitors to your site. What? what how? What? Tell us what that that change in percentage was.
6: About 600% since September.
0: Good grief.
7: It that's was, I mean, just incredible. a matter of just getting the website to communicate outbound and just to be, well, I mean, that's the starting point, obviously. I was right? going to say, yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the, the other element of it is that as a, as a business, your website is a breathing, living marketing communications tool, mm-hmm. which means that you have to be doing something with it at least weekly, if not daily. It's like, what are you no doing to build it for out? for me, you know. Well, that's for sure. <laughs>
6: yeah, that's, no, no I you, wish I wasn't on it so much, you know. You,
0: so. you wanted to be a little more than that pretty girl you dated, you know, just somebody who looks good. You wanted to have a, you know, a little more to it than that. And the little more to it is that when you get there, you want it to involve people. And that is time spent. That's another
7: right. factor, isn't it? Exactly. So we need to identify what the calls to actions are. What do you want people to do once they get there? And mm-hmm. so um, one of the th- uh, uh, problems that we saw with Mike's website previously was the engagement was not real good. Um, it took a long... I mean, uh, we had to bring the bounce, what's called the bounce rate way down. Uh, tell,
0: tell people what the bounce rate is because that's kind of fascinating. So for
7: a business, basically the bounce rate in Google Analytics means does, a, web, does a, a visitor come to the website and only stay on one page? Mm. So it doesn't make a difference around for five seconds or five minutes. Makes it makes makes no difference. If it's just one page and they leave the website, mm-hmm. that's considered a bounce. There's no engagement. They oh. they, they haven't done anything. So I would agree. it
4: be safe, Maile, to say that a website has to you have to design a website like you like a living salesperson in your organization. Exactly. You could either have oh, an order ta- you could either have an order taker which just sits there and just takes orders doesn't try to increase sales doesn't do anything just takes orders or you can have something that's uh, that you know that's a little more aggressive mm-hmm. that actually not only takes the order from you but will also suggest orders and that sort of thing and just like a living breathing entity you have to change it every day because people change every day People change, technologies change.
7: Um, you, your audience might be changing too. You got to take a look at what that looks like. It's it's important to stay on top of your analytics and what what Google has something called the Google Webmaster Tools. Nowadays, it's called Google Search Console um, to identify what are the recommendations and looking at that. And more importantly, it's not just about looking at a report, but interpreting the results.
4: But you talk like small to medium businesses, uh, you know, are being most affected by this. Does that mean that they need to have a, an IT department that's watching their websites and constantly interacting with it and Google Analytics as well? Or do they need to hire someone like you to, that, to constantly do that sort of thing? How do they handle that problem? I, I, the, the
7: answer to the question is they need a marketing company on the front end. Um, so, you know, let's go back 30 years, right? Mm-hmm. The If you... Uh, needed something done in terms of marketing and advertising, you went to your ad agency or a uh, marketing agency. Mm-hmm. They would then determine your strategy, your brand, your messages, et cetera, And then from there, they would give the printer the yeah. order as far as yeah. what yeah, is yeah, it yeah. that you want to do, right? Mm-hmm. Now, think of the IT department in this case as the printer of those days. Okay. 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 So basically, what we're saying is that ah. if you go direct to the printer, does the pr- would the printer ever be your marketing agency? Would well, no. they understand marketing communications, <laughs> right? Yeah. So what's happening in today's world is because we're talking about the internet and that there's a keyboard attached to it, the first thing that businesses are doing going right to the printer. <laughs> I got you. Okay? Got and you. they're bypassing the marketing agent yeah. uh, companies that can help them to um, determine what the strategy looks like and then based on that strategy, give the IT department the appropriate instructions of
0: what to do next. Mike, I'm, I'm curious from your point of view, Mike Brennan, Oh, how has this changed the way that you deal with your your website?
6: Well, it's a lot easier to use. Uh, and more importantly, a lot of people were saying to me, gosh, I wanted to pick up your story, but when I put the URL and nothing happened. Well, this thing is all uh, set up so that you punch in my, for instance, you want to share my URL on your Facebook page mm-hmm. or wherever, it will automatically display the story, the, the art that goes with the story. All you got to do is type it in, boom, it's there. And then you can share it with your social media. So that's I didn't have that before.
7: Mike, you know what? Um, I, I forgot about that. That was the other yeah. problem that you had, right? Because people weren't able to share it. Right, uh,
0: we're, absolutely. We're going to continue talking about this. And also, Mike, we're going to be talking about some of the headlines that you have on MITech Tech News. We're talking with Mili Ostele, who is the uh, president and founder of Smart Vines Agency. And uh, then also Mr. Mike Brennan, who is the editor behind... M.I. Tech News, and we'll be coming back to talk about more about building effective websites with mics as a good example of that kind of thing. Thank you for joining us here on the first hour of the Internet Advisor. What-ho? Oh, first hour? Yes, indeed. There are two hours to our program, and we're delighted during the spring and summer months to be able to offer that to you on a regular basis. We will be here until 6 o'clock tonight. And in about, twelve oh, fifteen 12, 15 minutes after the news at the top of the hour, We'll be opening up our phone lines at 800-859-0957 to take your questions. Right now, we continue with a conversation with Meili Ostley, who is the president of Smart Finds Agency, a company that has helped our friend Mike Brennan, who is the editor of MITech News, to do a great job with his web page. It's now quite different from what it was before. And Mike, thanks so much for getting in here a little ahead of time to talk about this. So I, I, get your, I, I bet you're, you're kind of... glad to be able to do a little chest-pounding on this, right?
6: Yeah, well, it's still a work in progress. (laughs) We've got a lot done, but there's a whole lot of things that I've got on my to-do list. Uh, We're going to (laughs) move into video in a bigger way. Uh, Mm. As I mentioned before, I'm working with Video Meeting, and we're going to do a lot of stuff with them to bring video panels, discussions, whatnot. I want to do news in a whole different way. Uh, And I couldn't do that before with the old website. This site, no problem with video. We just create a YouTube channel Mm. and there you uh-huh.
5: go. Uh, I'm wondering. Uh, and
6: then uh, we're doing a lot more podcasting. Of course, we do a podcasting show, uh, right. and live internet radio, for that matter. Matt and I do that show on Monday, MemSquared TechCast. Mm-hmm. And then we, as you know, do a newsletter on Wednesday where we promote all of our podcasts, radio partners, etc., including you guys.
0: Mm-hmm.
6: Um, so, I mean, we, I, I, and then we keep adding new content partners. So, I mean, that's how I'm really trying to reach out. How many
0: and, balls can you juggle in the air?
6: Well, you know, uh, I'm an A personality, I
0: can't stop, right? <laughs> so, uh. You keep juggling more and more. One of the things about uh, websites that is changing, it seems, also, is that it, the, the need to tie it into social media. Mainly, I have to be honest with you, one of the things that drives me nuts is there's so many things to plug into out there, you don't know where to start. Well, Is it, is it um, I don't know, uh, Facebook? Is it going to be YouTube? Is it going to be Tumblr? Is it going to be Heaven knows? What? I mean,
7: I think the business needs to identify what its who its audience is, right? I okay. Mean, that, that, let's start with that. All right. Because um, if you're, like, for example, if uh, Mike starts to move more down the uh, road of video, well, then we, can, we might want to take a look at Vimeo, which is another video right. uh, mm-hmm. website. you got, of course, YouTube, which is the big guy. Right. And there's a variety of other uh, web websites that are video-based. Mm-hmm. And so is that the right channel for you, for example? Because you're look, trying to reach people that are looking at videos.
0: I would imagine it. it's a matter of then of having a good partner like yourselves with smart finds to help make some of those decisions absolutely. rather than saying, I want one of those, I want one of those, I want one of those. <laughs> it's not like Mike is, you know, a kid in the candy shop. I want one of those, I want four of them. Right. I want it all, <laughs> you. <laughs> you certainly do. I understand, Mike, by the way, that one of the things that's being developed, and maybe you can talk about it, Maylee, is uh, that there's an app that's being built for you by some university students, Mike.
6: Yeah, uh, uh, my good friend Nancy Benevich-Gilby, who runs the entrepreneurial program at the U of M School of Information, which is the computer school, uh, mentioned that she needed some projects for her students. I went in and pitched them, and out of the 25 that pitched, three were selected, and I was one of the three.
5: Oh, excellent.
6: Yeah, and so it's a work in progress. Actually, this is more Maley's area than mine, so he's working now to finish up all the stuff that we need to do to it. But once you tell them a little
7: bit where it's going to go, there, merely. Well, one of the um, I, I think the guys at the uh, U of M did a great job with the kids putting this together. I, they obviously understand it very well. Um, we, but here's some interesting parts. They we, we're, what we're doing with this project uh, in terms of Mike is we're just providing consultation. The, the right. work is actually being done by the U of M mm-hmm. team. Um, they had come to us and they said, "Hey, uh, we need an API. We need to interface with the website." and because we have mike's website in wordpress it was very simple to find a plugin mm. that met the needs okay and we had it up and running in five ten minutes i mean wow. it wasn't yeah that, it was really know, fast very the beauty fast. of wordpress mm. you know so wow it's an amazing
6: platform
7: so that was one of the things but then um uh you know this is moving more towards now okay well uh mike uh, has advertisers and how do we get the advertisers into the app. Uh, so we're right now trying to collaborate on what are the options for that. We're, okay. we're, that's turning into some interesting difficulties.
0: <laughs> Mike, I want to... Uh, yeah. <laughs> Not difficulties, challenges. <laughs> challenges. That's, that's how we put it, challenges. <laughs> opportunities. Maybe, yeah, opportunities, there we go. Hey, before we get to, too far off, and Mike, I want you to talk maybe about some of the headlines that are there. We, by the way, encourage people to subscribe to MITech News, and you can do that by going to MITechNews.com or to our homepage, InternetAdvisor.net. And on Sunday night, when we post the full schedule there on our show notes, you'll find Mike's smiling face, and then there is a button you can click, and then you can subscribe right there to find the headlines that he puts together each week. And uh, we'll talk about them in just a second. Mike, as I understand right now, Shark Tank is coming to Detroit.
6: Yeah, on Monday, May 16th at Grand Circus, which is one of those training facilities in the downtown core. Uh, they're looking for new and different ideas. Uh, they're gonna—it's a wide open casting call, and does, there's no guarantees, of course. But you get 60 to 90 seconds to pitch. But they're looking for not just, "Hey, I got this great idea." They're looking for something where you've already uh, have users, where you've done sales, you got intellectual property. So it's a little bit step up from you know just being a startup, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, mm-hmm. if you got it with some great ideas that are that have got customers that are making money, they want to hear about it. And if you get on Shark Tank. You know, there's an opportunity to make a quarter million dollar investment come to your company. Wow. You know? not, yeah. not to mention the publicity,
0: right? Okay, and so. if you go to MITechnews.com or to our homepage, you'll find a link to that store and you can find out more about that. Another thing I saw here there's a movie coming to the Grand Rapids area <laughs> that combines faith with stock car racing. Now, that's a natural combination, isn't it, guys?
6: Yeah, absolutely. You know, and the dog dies and the wife runs away and it turns into a country music song. <laughs> Actually, there are going to be country music songs in this, but it's going to Grand Rapids. It's one of the last programs that got grandfathered in under the old Michigan film credit. So it's going to receive a credit of about $2.7 million. Okay. Start shooting in July. It's going to hire a lot of people, 92 people over there. And it features Berlin Raceway and Marne. So uh, yeah, it's gonna have it all going.
0: It's kinda neat. Uh, one other title I saw here or headline in your was uh, next challenge Detroit Smart Cities Competition was gonna get the winner of that is gonna be eighty thousand dollars. So what's next challenge?
6: Well it's think of the Internet of Things. It's you know, they're the, one of the. the they I, I use one of their examples. For instance, you're driving down the road. Your car tells you where the potholes are, where you can park, where you can pay. For, it pays for your parking automatically. brews you a cup of coffee at the office. I mean, it's the Internet <laughs> of Things going crazy, right? Yeah. So anyway, you you bring them these and, and, and uh, right now is the sign-up period. It actually ends in July, so it's pretty early. But the, at the, the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow is eighty thousand
5: mm-hmm. know, dollars.
6: That's uh, that's some good money there. So. Mm So I'd encourage everybody to check that out on my website if you're into these sort of crazy
0: stuff that goes into the internet of things. Sounds really cool. So that's the kind of things, folks, that you can catch when you subscribe to MITechnews.com. you get headlines like that, things that are informational, and also things that maybe you want to get involved with. And again, it's as simple as going to MITechnews.com and signing up there or going to our internetadvisor.net site and signing up there absolutely free, which is very nice. And Bailey, let's bring you back into the conversation here because I want to make sure that people can find out where to go to get in touch with your agency?
7: Um, our web address is at smartfindsmarketing.com. Okay. Um, one thing you'll find when you get there is uh, we've organized it uh, based on need. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, so that you can easily find a website, marketing, advertising, mobile, video, whatever you're looking for. Um Having been around for 22 years, <laughs> <laughs> um, we our agency has a wide, broad competencies, yeah. and so you'll find everything on there.
0: Excellent, excellent. Many thanks so much for being with us. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Guys. And, Mike, I can see why you are proud to have this man in your corner. Hey, Z- saver for me. So. And it has it certainly done well for you. I'm delighted to hear that you've had the kind of success you've had with your website and with all the other things that are going on there. Look forward to hearing about your app and how that does for you. Mike Brennan, thanks so much for being with us.
6: Always a pleasure, Foster.
0: And good having you here as well. By the way, Mike has a show on the podcast Detroit Network. It's called M Squared TechCast, and you'll find that airing live on Monday nights at 3 o'clock. Well, we got another hour coming up, and it's your hour. That's the hour that you get to call with your questions at 800 859 0957. Again, 800 859 0957. Give us a call right now, get in line, and we'll get right to your questions. You're listening to a podcast of The Internet Advisor Show. To see the show notes for this program, visit our homepage, the InternetAdvisor.net. You'll discover past podcasts, our free toolkit with software to clean up your computer and keep it running strong and many other resources. You'll also find links to MITechnews.com, our co-sponsored weekly tech and entrepreneur newsletter, edited by Mike Brennan. If you have a question for our hosts, just click the contact button on the homepage and send us an email with the details. And don't forget to look for us on Facebook and Twitter. And at Detroit's newest podcast network, PodcastDetroit.com. Now, let's get back to the second hour of the Internet Advisor. Welcome aboard to your second hour of the Internet Advisor. This is the hour that you get to set the agenda. And you do that by calling us at 800-859-0957. With your question about the computers that you use, about your connection to the Internet, maybe it might be about your phone or some other electronic device that you have, We'd love to take a crack. We've got a great group of people here in the studio just waiting to tackle the issues that you have. So don't be bashful. Call us at 800 859 0957. Well, we've gathered quite a crowd of experts in studio with us here. Mr. Gary Baker is here, Mr. Ed Rudell, Cal Carson, and mainly Ostley is with us as well. Thank you very much for sticking around. Oh, my pleasure. I'm sure you've got some answers with all those years of experience that you have. <laughs> I'd
7: be happy to answer any as questions man, that are coming
0: in. You know, as a matter of fact, if you happen to have a question about a website that you have or something that applies to that, Manny has got a certainly as the expert in that area, it'd be good to have him uh, chime in for you. I think so, Gary could help
7: out with that, too. He and I had some good conversations earlier
0: before the
2: show started. We did. We found out uh, <laughs> that um, we both uh, started ISPs in the same year.
0: Oh, really?
2: Yeah. Uh, so, uh, the, um, and it was funny. Because when he said, yeah, you started an ISP in 94, I went, come on, I know everybody that started an ISP in
0: 94. There weren't many of you around then, there? <laughs> and, we and there were there? We all
7: congregated in Pontiac, that much I can tell you.
5: Uh,
2: <laughs> with the exception of a couple, because uh, <laughs> right. Russ Knight was not in Pontiac. No, he was and, not. And Richard <laughs> Steenan, who's yep. a fr- mutual friend of ours. And, oh, and, yeah. Uh, uh, and then we were actually in uh, Ann Arbor, along with a couple others. So right, there, right, were, there uh-huh. were four or five in Ann Arbor but that year. But we needed
7: to be close to an Ameritech uh, Central Station, though. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. So,
2: And that was the difference, really. We had um, Merit mm-hmm. on last week okay. uh, oh, yeah, to yeah, celebrate yeah. their uh-huh. 50th anniversary. And you wanted to be where the fiber was, mm-hmm. right, where right, the backbone exactly, was. Great. Or you wanted to be near Merit. Right. And we started up... <laughs> On the first floor, and right above us was the Merit Knock, the network operations <laughs> Can't get any closer room. than that. <laughs> that was, we, we ran the Ethernet cable. <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it mean,
0: worked pretty <laughs> well. Hey, Frank from Northville, we'll be with you in a second. Uh, we had a call from uh, Joe, a friend of a listener of ours in Livonia, and he wanted to tell us about e-waste to pick pickup, uh, that there are certain days in some communities uh, that they do that uh, during the year.
3: And uh, do you have it out where you are? Yep. Uh, Brandon has it uh, once a year. I think it's in June this year.
0: And I have, um, yeah,
3: I also get rid of, you know, garage doors, scrap metal. Right, hazardous like that, metal yep. and things
0: like that, paint and things mm-hmm. like that. You'll find that in communities. Now, what Joe said, I think it's really important to keep in mind is if you put stuff on the curb during the rest of the year, that's going to a landfill. It's most likely going to a landfill well, unless they you pick it up. Yeah. Because well, that's some, a good question. In some that's
4: communities, good... if you put it out on the curb and they can clearly see that it's paint or there's old batteries and that sort of thing, they or electronic. pick it up. Yeah. yeah. Now
3: in my community, if depending, cause we have to pay for our, our, our race uh, pickup, yeah. pickup and right, we're always right. fighting with four different contractors because the prices keep going up and up and up. But we can, we could call specifically and say, we have this type of equipment oh, I got we'd like to, can you come by and pick it up? Mm-hmm. And that, you know, that goes for large couches to, you know, computers with, you know, or, or TVs.
0: I guess the key thing here is to, don't uh, suppose or presume that if you put electronic stuff out on the curb that it's necessarily going to be taken care of, you know, with all yeah. diligence right. for yeah. recycling. If it's during the year, except on those special days,
3: and it may end up... Uh, well. And I believe, now, Cal, uh, the Renaissance Center has a big thing that General Motors puts on down there.
4: Yeah, once a year. Once they, a year. They, they actually have uh, all the recyclers come in, and they park oh. out in our parking lot down by the river. And if you when you come in in the morning, before you go park your car in the lot, you can drive into that uh, lot, and they will actually... Take your old electronics and and, and hazardous waste materials, stuff like that, and they'll do the recycling for it right there in the lot. The other thing that I want to mention, too, is that, uh, and I took advantage of this a couple of weeks ago, in southeast Oakland County, they have an association, and it's called, if I can read the small thing, it says uh, Resource Recovery and Recycling Authority of Southwest Oakland County. Okay. R R R A. (laughs) S-O-C. Yeah. <laughs> if you look that up on the web, Rock-a-Sock? they have... Yes, they have different. So much and, for that brand. Yeah, but the good thing about the brand is they take it away. But you can go to them and you can drive up there with e-waste, yard yeah. waste, uh, chemical waste, all that sort of thing, and they'll take it right out of your trunk and and they separate it all out and they make sure it gets. Done. If you're
0: in South Oakland County, you can also go to the Socra site, which is on uh, Crooks Road, uh, just north of 14 Mile, and do the same thing during the week. Okay, hey, listen, our number again is eight hundred eight five nine zero nine. And Frank from Northville, welcome to the Internet Advisor. What can we do for you?
8: Thank you for taking my call. Got a little problem, and I don't know if it's a hardware issue or a software issue, a little bit off your topic, but I have an HP Elite, Elite book, and it runs on Windows 7. Mm-hmm. And in the top right-hand corner of the keyboard, there's a little button up there for volume and for mute. Um, a couple weeks ago, it got stuck on mute and has been driving my wife crazy ever since. <laughs>
4: Really? Um, you mean she can't talk at all? <laughs> uh,
0: I'm talking about the button. <laughs> oh, okay. Watch out. Watch yeah, out where careful. you're going. <laughs> I-, I
4: was going to borrow the mute button myself. <laughs> <laughs> Watch out. You can get hurt. Is it actually stuck, uh, the button? If Physically? You touch, if you touch no. it, does it bounce?
8: Um, it moves. It moves fine, but it, it's uh, orange. It's you know, the backlight is orange, and it won't come off of orange. So we haven't been able to get any volume out of the uh, <clears throat> our laptop itself. We've always we've been running for the last two weeks with a little um, external speaker plugged in the side.
4: If you have a laptop anywhere near you, but if you don't, it doesn't matter.
8: I have it right in front of me.
4: On the lower right hand uh, lower left hand side of the keyboard, do you see a key that says FN for function?
8: Um, no because down on the lower left hand corner. No.
2: Yeah, like yeah, where it the should space be next. bar area. Yeah. Is. It could be on the right, but it's on the lower side.
4: Yeah.
3: It's usually next to the Windows key, Fn. Yeah. Frank. Um Hansen.
8: no. No, I see the Windows uh, are you talking on the on the on the icon bar? No, uh, it's on the keyboard.
3: You on
0: the keyboard. On
8: the keyboard, okay. Tell you what, okay, hang
0: on, so, Frank. Hang on, we're going to put you on hold, and we'll try yep. to help see you, un- Thank you very unravel much. this during the break. And for the rest of you out there, come on in. The the questions are fine, and the water's fine as well. 800-859-0957. That's 800-859-0WJR. Looking for your questions. Welcome back to the Internet Advisor, and uh, Eric Dortch, good to see you back there. Thank you very much for being engineer, and... Logan Stantefer, thank you again to my granddaughter, who is the sweet voice that you talk to when you call in to 800-859-0957. And that might be reason enough for you to call. However, I will encourage you not to put off calling, because what happens is we get close to the end of the program, and we just don't have time for all of the callers to call in. So um, while there's room right now, that's going to change. So please, if you got a question, give us a call with it. And by the way, our mantra is the only dumb question, Is the one you don't ask. 800 859 0957. And Ed, I think you have some help to offer for Frank from Northville. Frank, thanks for sticking around.
8: Yes, thank you. (laughs) My my daughter walked over here. She was listening. She walked over and said, Dad, the function key is right there. right there. So I found the function key. Okay. All
3: right, we got and, it. And we were thinking about that, but um, let me confirm this. You have a, uh, your HP Elite book is silver and it has a dedicated button that is for muting and volume up and down?
8: That is correct.
3: Okay, because where Cal was going, and I was going to go there too, is that the fun- some of HPs and Dell's also have the function key where you can hit the function f12 and that's volume up and function f11 and that's volume down that's not the case with yours so you have a dedicated button and and HP calls those the um, uh, was it quick set buttons I'm trying to remember what they uh, quick launch buttons
0: ah okay, so yeah.
3: so you probably have physical um, there's crud in there. <laughs> 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 oh, no, I don't know how else to say it. So there's, it's probably physically damaged underneath there, and, and it would be difficult to clean the micro switch. But uh, I, I don't know the model number that you have, but in some HP and Dell units, you have the ability to disable those audio switches. Oh. So you might want to go into your BIOS. So on a HP, when you're powered up, you would tap the F10, and until you get into the HP setup, you might find something in there about enabling or disabling that top row of buttons. That mm. way, when you use your Windows mouse to go over the mute control, you can enable it or disable it with that volume.
4: The only other thing that I might want to suggest to you that if it is a mechanical problem, if the machine's out of warranty and has been for quite a while, then uh, turn the machine off, disconnect the power supply from the machine, get a Q-tip and then soak it with alcohol and take it and run it around the rim of the mute button a oh, couple okay. of times. And mm-hmm. then then either get some compressed air or just take and blow really hard on it and blow whatever ex- excessive fluid out of it. Then do it one more time and then blow that fluid out. Let it dry for about, I don't know, 10 minutes or so. Then plug the power back up to it and try it then. Okay. I, that's um, great um, is,
8: is there any such thing like in the settings where there's... um you have to go three or four or five uh, different screens down into it for like travel mute so that uh, if you're traveling you can use your computer and it won't accidentally jump in you know the volume if you put it on mute it won't accidentally you know hit hit um, the volume to come on without you wanting it to
4: normally in in the software you either set it so it's mute or it's not Uh, It doesn't care whether it's being traveled or not or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But in the software, you can turn it off. So you can say mute or uh, turn it back on. And that's just a right mouse click down on the uh, system tray on the uh, speaker icon. You can mute it down there. Right. But I remember in the old days,
3: we used to do this uh in 98 when windows 98 came on people would would uh we'd send them a utility and even though their computer was muted in windows it would say watching porn i'm watching porn here and, and oh no and it would turn yeah. on their volume and and we would do that to oh. our friends and colleagues embarrass oh, no. the heck out of them oh, my so there Lord. are ways of doing that and i'm sure there's web-based Javascripts that aren't
0: you glad thing. that Ed isn't isn't in the cubicle next to you. So,
4: but try <laughs> try those things and see how those work out for you, and let us know. Okay, thank you very much. You Good guys got a great there. show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, thanks, <laughs> Frank.
3: The, the other thing I was going to say, and we, we did, I didn't get a chance, is you can go to the HP website and try redownloading their Quick Launch buttons installer because that might provide you a graphical representation Excellent. to uh, enable or disable that view. Mm-hmm.
0: Excellent idea. Uh, We've heard that uh, as a, a suggestion many times to go to the manufacturer's site, whatever that may be, and see if they have drivers there that will help to solve the problem. That often is the solution for a lot of problems. But I
3: like Cal solution, a little isopropylene alcohol in there, and that might just take care of it. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Manly, I wanted to ask you a quote. Oh, by the way, folks, our number again is 800-859-0957. And our lines are open for questions. maybe you mentioned before, or Gary mentioned actually, that... Both of you started ISPs, Internet Service Providers. You were right. you were ISPs at one time. Exactly. Um, why did you get out of the business?
7: <laughs> well, actually, we. You know what? It's kind of interesting. Our corporation actually goes back to 1987 in in uh, advertising and marketing. Oh, wow! And I started off the Internet Group in '94. Um, you know, just seeing the writing on the wall and being an early adopter myself, it didn't take very long to figure out what mm. where the industry was going to go. Um, I think just like Gary, we you know just jumped right into that. Right, that's you both right. jumped in right. right at the beginning. Yeah, but um, as the '90s progressed, and as, as as you might remember, you know, the technology stocks and the industry as a whole just went boom. Yeah, um, especially after Windows 95 came out in '96. <laughs> yeah. well, that's right, you might remember that. And so,
0: um, and the introduction of the GUI, the, the graphic unit, of, uh, right. user interface, interface right. Yep. Uh, right
7: but uh, by the time we got to the year 1999 2000, Uh, we ran into the problem that Comcast and AT&T were starting to undercut everybody that was already reselling what they provided.
0: Oh, we've heard Um, this from other providers too. (laughs) Yeah, so uh,
7: I think that space changed. Now, as an ISP, you kind of had the option of either wanting to continue competing with these guys, or maybe you would set up a data center, for example. Mm -hmm. So, you know, uh, house everybody's computers in in one facility, and that would be your quote-unquote ISP or connectivity method of of continuing your business. Mm -hmm. Option number two is you sold your ISP business and you <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, we and discretion being the better part of valor exactly
4: <laughs> so once again it was the uh, the big guys eating up the little guys huh? oh yeah oh there's no question that's exactly
7: what
0: happened we heard this from charlie hopper Remember that? That's right. Charlie yeah. Hopper talked about yeah. that to us as well, uh, that that was one of the things that, that went out, is, has gone up on uh, up north as well. Uh,
2: you know, of all those um, 40 or so, in we started ours in the spring of 94, I think, and we were the first for business. There were a couple other really, really small ones, one that had eight lines and only in Ann Arbor, <laughs> um, MSUN, but... Uh, Oh, I remember. There were those. <laughs> about 40 or so that came on in the next year. Right, exactly. And uh, I don't think any of those 40 are left, except for online tech, the one that we started. Yeah, that's true. At, yeah, and yeah. Jan Ness runs that now. Exactly. And, and, and they're doing exceedingly
0: well. But they've um, also shifted but, their model, too. Well,
2: we were always different. Yeah. We, okay. uh, that was right. just one of the things that we did was the ISP. We were an ASP before you called it that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we also had um, data center capabilities. So we did that for a number of companies oh, okay. as well early on. Um, the only thing I'm absolutely positive of, is it would not be doing this well had I not sold it.
4: So. <laughs> you know, what's really fascinating, too, uh, just to quickly get through this, I remember so many people were becoming ISPs. Uh, I-, I used to deal with a company called Purple Hat. Mm-hmm. I dealt with a company called Mish.com. And believe it or not, there was a tire retailer that was also doing internet service providing as well in this (laughs) area.
2: Yeah, and then they had MetroCell as well.
7: Yeah, it was just so weird. uh, You know what was interesting is when we started our business, and uh, you might remember back in that time, we could charge $40 a month for a 28.8 connection, right? Remember that? (laughs) Well, not too long after, I think it was like early 1995, a company out of California just uh, went nineteen ninety five on everybody mm-hmm. i, I don 't know i can 't remember the name of the company it was net something netlicked net was it like, okay, yeah it was net like. and all of a sudden the business model changed very yep. very quick <laughs>
2: yeah <laughs> mm. yeah when they cut you know when you cut uh, you're priced by 50%. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 It, for it, small guys, yeah. that was hard.
7: That, so that was the first uh, struggle, and then the next struggle being the big guys coming into town right. and I'm, I'm
0: dying to know, you know, we've got a bunch of people hanging on here. Uh, oh. Folks, just uh, Mark and Orlando and the other Mark, two Marks are hanging on there. Hang on for just a minute because I want to ask you guys, um, Charter, Time Warner, Cable have now got a deal going where they're going to be combining and coming together and kind mm-hmm. of – creating this huge monolith what do you think about that because that's kind of almost a natural progression to this whole thing
7: yeah and i think the whole space of connectivity is changing you know comcast as an you know uh, as far as what as being a big provider too um i think what's going to end up happening is they will have greater control about what we can or can't do Um, Uh. that i think is a Con, a potential fear here. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they've exactly. been they've been trying to you know the whole idea of uh, controlling the net and
0: mm-hmm.
2: well and, uh, and I guess my response would be you know all those little guys that you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Those are the little guys today, in, in, and <laughs> in that connectivity, right? right. Yeah. So when you think of those as the little guys uh, getting together, that's how they compete with AT and T um, and Comcast yeah. Yeah. and Verizon. Compa- is <coughs> also providing right, exactly. That. Mm. And we're going to see the, more and more of the the cross uh, between traditional internet. Providers Mm -hmm. and cable companies and Mm -hmm. cellular companies.
4: You know what's going on? It's the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. Back when we had telephone, remember we used to have everything. Everybody had these little telephone companies, all came together and became the big Bell. And I think it's going to end up being the same thing with internet. It's going to all come on and be (laughs) under one umbrella.
2: And there was one. Everybody thinks Bell was the only one. It wasn't General Telephone. Yeah, and all the little guys came in, right?
4: GTE, exactly. And
2: that's what's happening today. Is all the little guys that are still big, right? exactly.
0: (laughs) All right. Coming back in just a moment, we'll be talking with Mark, number one from Detroit, Orlando from Detroit, and another Mark from Auburn Hills, and you as well. Well, true to form, folks are piling on at the end here, but we're going to be able to get to your calls. Just going to warn you once again to get a call in quickly, and we'll set you up and uh, get to answering your questions. 800 859 0 Nine five seven. All right, let's go to Mark from Detroit. Mark, welcome to the Internet Advisor. How may we help you?
8: Thank you so much. Great to talk with you. Yep, I have a question. I'm using an email live program, Windows Live Mail, mm-hmm. 2012, and I have a Hotmail account. Mm-hmm. But unless you download an update, uh, you will not be able to sync with Windows Live Windows Live Mail with Hotmail. And I'm wondering if anybody uh-huh. knows where to go to download the update.
7: Um I, I, he's actually correct. Uh, well, I did not realize head. that. Yeah, okay. no. I've had, I've had a few people actually approach me on the same subject because there's like uh, cuz um uh Microsoft sent on the live mail a mail program because I'm blind, you can't see.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I
8: makes... Navigating email a lot better.
0: I tell you something: with both of your eyes functioning perfectly, that would be very difficult. So that many the the problem is Microsoft sent that message out. Microsoft
7: it? sent that message out, and uh, they've kind of warned everybody about the fact that they can't use that interface to go to work with Hotmail. So their options basically are going to be to go use a browser or go to Outlook.com, or possibly p- pull up something else like Thunderbird, for example. I oh. wanted to go to
8: Thunderbird, but I didn't like it. I understand though that there is an update that you can add to the Windows Live uh, uh Windows Live 2012 to make it work but I can't figure figure out where to go to get it.
7: Yeah, and, and to be perfectly honest with you, because it's a free product, I don't know um, how much uh, Microsoft's going to really support that. I mean, uh, that uh, the question is whether or not I would only work for a certain time and then drop again. I'm just curious oh, if it would be better you. for everybody okay. just okay. to find the, uh, a solution right from the beginning, like start right now finding a different uh, option.
0: So if you find another option, let's say you went with Outlook. How would you handle that then? Would you open an account in Outlook for Uh, the live mail and for the hotmail?
7: Yeah, uh, when I'm I'm saying Outlook, I mean that Microsoft's Office product called Outlook. You would just switch from live mail to Outlook, the the software. Is it
8: available as a standalone?
7: Um, It is available as a standalone. I think the option might be that you go to Office 365 and just uh, pay the monthly fee because it's like five, six bucks a month and you get all of the Microsoft Office products. Oh. Products okay. altogether.
0: Isn't it true, guys? You can also get those web-based ones online for free.
7: Oh, there, there are like Thunderbird is the uh, is, is another option.
0: No, I'm of Outlook. I thought there's a version of Outlook online that was oh, free oh, as well.
3: Oh, you can, but what you're, uh, but I don't believe they'll have the the correct API or interfaces for a visually impaired uh, person, right? Is is that right. where you're heading? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, so mm. he actually needs to have a program like Thunderbird or some other I application gotcha. mm-hmm. that his. Um, uh reading programs can work with that may not work that well with a, a standard browser going to outlook.com
7: right and this is why i'm wondering if office 365 at yes. six bucks a month might be a you know a reasonable option at that point because that, that, then, then you have all of the
0: office products yeah uh, thank you so much all right okay. thank you for calling about that
3: you know i'm, I'm, I'm wondering man. if he, <laughs> he, you know how there's like free versions of like open word right? Open Word, X, Open Excel, there's our... open office Open Office. Open Office, right. There's Open Office. I wonder if they have a version of Outlook of, the, of an email program that's equivalent or similar to um, Outlook. I've never looked into that. I'll have to do that this week.
0: Hmm. That
7: would, I, I agree. I, I'm not sure if they if there's a... Email option. And if there's an
0: email,
3: package, yes, right, yeah. right exactly. That I've is. never really <laughs> thought of it
0: before. But it, mainly, what you're saying is that you can, let's say, purchase the license for Office 365, which is basically 99 dollars a year, I think, or like five bucks a month. Isn't yeah, it? that's or,
7: what I'm saying. It's like five six bucks a month, and right. you get all of the and you Office get all of it. Products, you everything, everything, so, Excel,
0: PowerPoint, uh, yep. Word, the whole shooting. And match. it's always
7: kept uh, up to date for yep. you by Microsoft. Yeah, exactly. So you're also, you know, it's, uh, that might be a better, uh, an easier
0: solution. So, and then Mark would be able to get b- both of those mail sources. In the, any, any kind of mail source, you would be able to get through that then?
7: Correct. Right. Well, okay. Office 365 has Outlook built as part of the download okay. package, so
0: you would use that. Right. Right. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's head out to Orlando from Detroit. Welcome to the Internet Advisor. Orlando, what can we do for you?
9: Oh, uh, Thanks, guys, for taking my call. I appreciate it
0: very mm-hmm. much.
9: And I have a Dell computer, and wife and I just upgraded from Windows 7 Home uh, about five weeks ago, six weeks ago to Windows 10, and a couple days ago, she said that she was on the computer and had uh, an update to update the computer, and it it froze on the automatic repair screen. So, of course, I powered down the system and powered it back up, and it's still on automatic repair, restart, and it also seems to freeze my remote mouse, so I can't use the mouse to drag it across to hit restart, automatic repair what should i do
3: one of the things you could do is did you ever create um a windows 10 uh bootable usb flash drive or or cd cd drive no i didn't okay because with that and, and, and it's created and i'm trying to remember the name of it um it's it's not called the emergency recovery device um thing but it's it's created when you create a backup of your computer and uh on there, you have the when you plug the USB or the CD into your computer, you have the ability to boot up and then run diagnostics on your computer, repair Windows startup. But you also have the ability to perform a system restore where you could tell it to go system restore, go back five days or seven days. And so, if you know anyone that has that, and I did not bring my Windows 10 computer to go in here, um, so I could show you what that is, or, uh, or at least tell you what it is. I can't remember the name. <laughs> Um, okay. That you Ed, should. Ed, you're be,
7: thinking about having them restore back to the previous version before the update. Correct. So that's what you're thinking. Right.
3: Because right. in Windows 10, you do not have the ability to do um, an F8 to go into safe mode and then do a system restore. You have to use a bootable uh, Microsoft's recovery flash drive that, that that is created when you install Windows or when you create a Windows uh, backup for the first time. Okay. Uh-huh. And so if you know someone that has a. A win- another Windows 10 computer, and you have a, a, a spare flash drive that you can, um, you can. You know, I think you can get by with a two gigabyte or a four gigabyte flash mm-hmm. drive. Mm-hmm. When you go into the backup utility or history backup. You'll have the ability to create a um, a bootable flash drive to use to repair your computer. Cal, did you ha- did you find out the name of that for me? Mm,
4: no, I didn't. But I was going to ask you: Is there a safe mode you can boot that computer in? That's what I'm just saying. It's no hard s- to get to. Okay,
3: I'll it's got very you. hard to get to.
0: Very hard to get to. Unfortunately, I I don't understand why, because it was one of the most useful things I think with with Microsoft, uh, the operating systems up to that point, that you could use that, and when you were in you know kind of in dire straits. So, uh, I, Orlando, we give you a, like a little bit of a help here to tackle this?
9: Okay, yes, you have. Yeah. Okay, good.
0: And, and if during the week when you try this kind of thing, some of the points that we have here, uh, a couple things. Um, on Sunday nights, I publish the entire podcast of the program, so you can hear both hours. You can go back and listen to the conversation here. You can also then um, send us an email and let us know how it worked for you. And then we can continue the conversation with you during the week, okay?
9: Oh, thanks so much. You, guys you have a good day.
0: You are very welcome. Thank you for giving us a call again. The number eight hundred eight five nine zero nine five seven. Mark is with us from Auburn Hills, and you have a Mac question for us.
9: Uh, I do. Yes, uh, I have a relative who has a an Apple Tower, a Mac. You know, uh, mm-hmm. it's about ten years old, and uh, they had told me that hey, you know, it's running slow lately. And um, they were, I thought I'd I'd mentioned to them, I said, well, it probably just needs to be cleaned, you know, defragmented, all that. So I went and went there, and uh, I cannot figure out how to, uh, like, delete it temporary Internet files and do a defragmentation on that. Any, any ideas?
0: Uh-huh. You're, you're using a language I don't know if it applies to the Mac world. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're saying, though. I do know what you're saying.
4: When you say 10 years old, let me ask you the first question. Do you know what operating system is, is it running? Is it running OS ten, OS 9? Which one?
9: Uh, that, I, that I do not know. I, I would assume it's running the older version mm-hmm. of, 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 of Mac. Mm-hmm. That's my
4: assumption. Well, if it's running OS 9, uh, somewhere with that Mac, when they bought it, it came with a tool uh, utilities disk, or CD, I should say. Mm. And you can take that out, and it has utilities on it for defragmenting and that sort of thing that you can run on that particular machine. The other thing that you can do is that you can boot the machine up, and once it comes up with the screen, if it's running OS 10, you can go into the applications folder, which has a utilities folder in it, which has a Disk Utilities application within that. You can start okay. that Disk Utilities up, and it can do things like check for permissions and do a hard drive repair if necessary to fix that up with as well.
0: Okay. Now, was one of All the? Right. I'm, I'm uh, Mark. Were you saying that one of the symptoms was that the beginning the computer was beginning to to run slower?
9: Yes, yes. Other than that, no issues. And like I say, it is 10 years old.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. I want to turn this around, um, Cal, because it's kind of like um, maybe the rest of you guys can. The the old saying with uh, Microsoft computers was that, or the PC, was that eventually it kind of got crud built up in it (laughs) or cruft as they used to call it, and then you just kind of had to blow it out every now and then and start it over.
3: You mean rebuild the operating system? Rebuild, rebuild the it, operating yeah.
0: system. That, that was kind of the, the wisdom. Does that same thing apply to the OS in the operating
4: system in the Mac? Well, if it's running OS 10, uh, I'd say no, because the, with Unix, it has some tools in the background that are constantly running to clean that sort of thing up on a regular uh. basis. If it was running OS 9... That might be an issue in that particular case, and yeah, it could fix it up that way. So, one of the biggest things to find out is what version of the OS is it running? Mm-hmm. Are there All any right. Are there any particular places? Oh, and by the way, Mark, thank you so much for
0: giving us a call.
9: Yes, and thank you. For
0: the You're welcome. Okay, hey guys, we got about uh, ten minutes left, and we got some lines open eight hundred eight five nine zero nine five seven. Time yet for your question? I know that uh, there are certain files that you can empty to kind of get rid of temp files. Are there certain key ones in the Apple operating system that you would go for?
4: Once again, it goes back to whether. You know, Let's say what, OS 10. If he's running OS 10, he could just go into Safari, and there is uh, under Safari, uh, he can go to preferences, and then within there, you can clear out cache files, you can clear out history files. Those things will mm-hmm. help in that particular case. Are there? Any, I
0: hear about these P lists and things like that.
4: Well, the P lists are, are fine, and you can clear those out as long as you're careful and you don't end up <laughs> deleting stuff you shouldn't. Don't mess. That's why Steve built it that way.
0: It is a delight to uh, be returning to the show. Last week, as a matter of fact, you guys mentioned you saw on Facebook what was going on. Yes, I was escorting my granddaughter Alicia Stack down the aisle uh, in her wheelchair. She had just received her diploma from Central Michigan University in uh, childcare, care. And um, as we were coming back up the aisle, that shot that's on the, mm-hmm. on the line, and I put it onto our Facebook page, it was when I was coming back up, I noticed there were a number of professional photographers there as we passed them. And they got a really neat shot of us as we were going back up the well, aisle.
4: What I found terribly fascinating is that you, too, also had on a cap and gown. They made me, not a cap, but a gown.
0: Okay. They didn't want me sticking out like too much of a sore thumb, so I sat next to her in a gown. What, well, the not silver have. hair wasn't enough? <laughs> 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 they definitely would have thought I was a professor. <laughs> so
7: she's a fellow Chipp- Chippewa for, for me.
0: Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I, I CMU fire many, up many moons ago. <laughs> fire up Chips. Boy, that school has come a long way, hasn't it?
7: I, last time I was in Mount Clemens, it's been a few years, but oh my God, it's completely different
0: than yeah. I've ever seen it before. Mount Pleasant is a completely different place Mm -hmm. because of what's going on there it's incredible to see uh they have their own med school now so we could say as they say fire up chips
5: exactly
0: and they uh it's become quite a school we were the on that day they had three graduations we were the middle one and they went on to there's cranking these things out with thousands of kids I, I'm graduating. sure
4: that casino has nothing to do with
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so we got to go visit the kids and go to the casino
3: I did not think of that I should have pushed for it a little better okay before we go way off uh, we had a previous caller that it was having difficulty with a Windows 10 system oh yes and yes. I could not think of the safety oh no, my gosh no not to save my life so it's a it's a Windows 10 system repair disc and you can if you have a friend You could just create it. You could type in the search bar. You could type in Windows System Repair Disk, and you can go through the creation process. So anybody's
0: computer that's running Windows 10... Or even Windows 8. Or even Windows 8 will have that on there. Yes. So they have
3: the ability to create it. Uh, And and a
0: thumb drive. It's like a 4-gig thumb drive. Or,
3: yes, on a thumb drive, especially with Windows 8, you have that ability. And Windows 10, you could actually even use a Windows 7 one, but Windows 7 didn't natively have the ability to create a USB flash drive. You had to first... Build a CD and then...
4: Okay. So this guy has to go over to a friend's house with a USB drive that has Windows 10 and create the drive on his computer.
3: Right. Create the uh, bootable flash drive. When you pop it into his computer, it'll automatically recognize or should automatically recognize it with the new UEFI BIOSes that are on all the computers. Okay. It'll automatically recognize it as a legitimate um, Microsoft bootable device, okay. and it'll it'll bring up the diagnostics so that he can ah. run the tools, to do a system startup repair, <laughs> or he has the ability to do a system recovery or system restore.
7: So the version of the uh, Windows machine is not going to make a difference over here to create this drive? Correct. Right. Okay.
3: Correct. You can use any of them to repair a Windows 10 system, because the basically the basic OS is
0: the same. Okay. In some uh, ways, that's kind of that's kind of happy. I mean, happy, happy. <laughs> handy, and therefore happy. Larry from Rochester, welcome to the Internet Advisor. You squeaked under the line. We're glad to have you with us. What can we do for you?
9: Well, thank you for taking the call. I really love this show. I have a quick question regarding an app that uh, I have in mind or a business. that would be a very unique, um, call it an Uber-style app. And I don't have the kind of money I've heard it takes to develop these apps and do the background um, web development as well. Hmm. Is there is there a way, or is there a, um, a, an, a an organization that would help people like myself who don't have several hundred thousand dollars to invest?
7: If you don't mind, I'm going to jump in and please, oh I please. I, I look in. right at you. I thought, boy, it's good, we have you here. I mean, you know what? He's absolutely right from the standpoint that uh, developing apps nowadays—you uh, know—you're dealing with uh, multi-five figures, at, you know, somewhere in that range. Anywhere from three to six months to put it put it together. Um, The—I um, don't know that there's a shortcut, but I'm thinking Kickstarter, right off the top of my
0: head. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, well, or one of the crowdfunding time. places. Yeah, right? crowdfunding. Yeah.
4: yeah. The other thing you could uh, think about doing is that they're going to have a Shark Tank. Uh, oh, interview, yes. right. uh, ne- I think, this weekend or next weekend downtown at Grand mm. Circus. You might want to go down there and do your pitch. You could yep. like, do, uh, get almost up to a quarter-million-dollar investment from them. Mm-hmm. Where does that take place and why? It's, it's going to be at uh, Grand Circus,
0: Is a, a web training company, which is down in Detroit, in the center of Detroit. It's on May 16th. You know, if you go to MITechnews.com, yes. Mike has an article in there about that. It's about ABC's Shark Tank Hosting a casting call on May sixteenth at Grand Circus. Excellent. Uh, yeah, so it could wow, be it, it could be a really neat break in there. But it's a it's a ninety second pitch, and you have to sell
3: them on your idea. <laughs> Think of it as the you know in like an elevator pitch. You have a pitch you have to give them, and, yeah. and you know for them you have to pull them in. And reel them in, and, and so they'll ask you more questions.
4: And then after you win a quarter million, come back and see Maley, He'll help you get all set. <laughs> all right, I, I
5: will
9: Thank definitely you very much. That, I Thank it. you so much for the information. I appreciate it. I You're welcome. I down to the Grand
0: Circus. All right, well, so what, I'm curious. Can you give us a hint about what it's about?
9: Okay, it took off on the East Coast in Boston. It, it just started under the name of Chariots for Women. It Mine's going to be similar, only it's going to be in a very much outlying areas of the state of Michigan I'm also going to put together a rewards program and a kickback in terms of um, charitable donations uh, and allowing the drivers, uh, if it's possible, to just uh, transfer women and children and elderly folks up in the areas that don't have Uber.
0: Okay. Oh, wow. I like that. I really yeah. like that, to serve areas that are marginal. That Correct. is a really, really cool idea. I can see that also being valuable for the uh, disabled.
9: Yep, exactly. There are several of those I'm talking about. I'm talking about going into cities like, for example, Alpena that has 10,000 people mm-hmm. uh, and folks that uh, you know can't afford to spend uh, $40 on a cab ride. But uh, it would be much less expensive. We would take much less. Uh, more of um, a community service, making a few bucks for ourselves as well.
0: I love the idea, and I really hope it takes off because that is a beautiful concept.
9: My name is transporther.com.
0: transporther.com. I will have to look into that, and the very best to you as you uh, take the idea forward. Good luck to that. Thank you very much. All right. I love it. Isn't that a great idea?
7: It, it's uh, certainly, you know, it just talk, it shows how technology can keep changing as long as, I mean, it's basically, you know, <laughs> you know there is no uh, limit to our creativity.
0: But I, I, I love <laughs> the idea, too, of uh, reaching out to less served areas, because right. in many cases, I think a lot of the technology is being developed naturally enough grows up in, in where there's density mm-hmm. where there's a lot of people around and the money and to, to 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 work off of this but then I because I know that in a lot of these urban areas, alpina, matter of fact, you had some relatives, lived up near there. Yeah, I did. I did.
3: Seborgen, yeah. I mm-hmm. think it was. Matter, matter of fact, yeah, I was thinking of starting, you know, cowtipping.com or something like that. It's <laughs> so really a really underserved project.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and on that, the week, area. And on that <laughs> road, ladies and gentlemen, Millie, thank you so much for being with us. It Millie, also, show. he is the uh, person behind Smart Finds, and you will find them at Smart Finds Management. Smart finds Smartfindsmarketing.com, Marketing. <laughs> Smart <Finds Marketing. laughs> Smart I got it.
4: Melios Osley, thanks so much Thank for being you. with us. And, and for all you people up in Upper Peninsula, his name is Rudell. <laughs> 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 and that's
0: Cal Carson. Thanks so much Eric and also my dear granddaughter, Logan, for being here as well. Folks, Sunday night, I will post the entire two hours of this program edited down so that you can enjoy it as a podcast. And we'll have all the show notes up there with the links to uh, the different things that we talked about during the program. My name is Foster Brown. Have a great week. We'll see you back on Saturday. You've been listening to the Internet Advisor Show, Detroit's longest running, locally produced computer show with Foster Brown, Gary Baker, and our team of experts. For more information about our weekly show, to ask a question of our experts, or find the show notes for this podcast, visit internetadvisor.net. And look for us on Facebook and Twitter. Don't forget to check the other great podcasts available on this podcastdetroit.com network. Thank you for listening.